Praise God. Excuse me, a tickle. <clears throat> I love dressing up um, when I'm handing out candy on Halloween. And tonight, I've decided I'm going to go dressed as uh, Bitcoin. And the reason is, I can wear whatever I want to wear because no one has ever seen Bitcoin. That was for you, Ethan, and you didn't even crack a smile. <laughs> Let me tell you again. I like dressing up in Halloween, Ethan. <laughs> Ethan's in, uh, yeah, doesn't matter. I love Ethan. I can't get him to laugh, though. Our series text this morning is found in Acts 2, 42-47. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, <clears throat> to the breaking of the bread and to prayer. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts, and the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. So we continue this morning with our sermon series called In Community, in which we will examine aspects of what living in community ought to look like. Things that we should be doing in order to be in community. Last week we talked about prayer, that in community we pray together. So thank you for sending in your prayer requests and for the men who participated in leading us in prayer last week and for your own prayers that were offered up last week. This week we're going to look at fellowship. The fact that in community we fellowship together. So let me open up with a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, reveal yourself to us this morning. Speak to us, whether it be through what we just sang, what we see with our eyes, what we hear, what you give us through your word and through the movement of the Holy Spirit within us. Just reveal yourself to us and reveal to us something you want for us. Thank you, God. In your name I pray. Amen. We often hear people talk about fellowship, that we, that we need more fellowship. Pastor, what we need is we just need more fellowship. But I always wonder, what do they mean when they, when they say that? Some would say it's what occurs in, well, what the old-time churches used to call the fellowship hall. We don't have one of those, um, or church basement, or, or in the foyer, where whatever place that we can find to have a casual conversation and, and savor coffee and, and donuts. We, why don't we serve donuts Sunday morning? I was, Aaron came with a big box of what looked like donuts, but there were muffins. How disappointed I was this morning. Muffins. But you know, this isn't quite the full meaning of Christian fellowship. Neither are potlucks outdoor barbecues or, or ice cream socials. These, these things play a role in fellowship, but on their own, they do not constitute true Christian fellowship. I would even go as far as to say um, that if this is our definition of fellowship, we are missing the mark and selling ourselves short, robbing ourselves of true Christian fellowship. Tracy, I'm just feeling really loud up here and it's ringing in my ears. 
In some ways, we have so watered down the idea of fellowship that the word no longer carries the same meaning that it did in the New Testament times. So look back. If you can put that, the Bible verse back up, please. Look back at our series biblical text again. Notice the word next, yeah, the first right there, perfect. The word devoted. We might not be surprised that the early church devoted itself to the apostles' teaching and to prayer because apart from the ministry of the Holy Spirit, these are the two most important means of growth, power, and effectiveness in Christian life. That's evidenced all through Scripture. But Luke, who penned these words, tells us that the early Christians also devoted themselves to fellowship. They didn't just have fellowship. They devoted themselves to it. This means that fellowship was a priority and one of the key objectives for gathering together. They made fellowship a priority. And no Virginia, Luke didn't mean coffee and cold meatloaf. That was not what his intention with that. Now I've heard it preached and I've heard it taught that true fellowship is actually um, getting together for spiritual purposes for sharing needs, for prayer, for, for discussing and sharing the word to encourage, to comfort, to edify one another. These certainly, again, are aspects found within Christian fellowship. And certainly, probably more important than the idea of, of coffee, donuts, and, and meatloaf. But even that explanation, I don't think comprehends the full meaning, the full and rich meaning of fellowship in the New Testament times. So here in Acts 2, as in many other verses in Scripture, the Greek word being used is a form of the word koinonia, which is the Greek equivalent to our English word fellowship. But it's, it's not an entirely full and accurate definition for the word. I think our, our human translators use the word fellowship because it's easy for us to understand, but it loses so much in that translation. Instead, the more precise definition is actually in common. In common. As in, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to being in common. The biblical concept of fellowship then is holding a variety of things together in common. And we can break this down into four concepts. Relationships, partnerships, companionships, and stewardship. So the first concept is relationships. And this is the, the foundation, I think, of fellowship. Relationships. In the New Testament, what is shared in common is shared, first of all, because of a common relationship that we have together in Christ Jesus. 1 John 1.3. What we have seen and heard, we declare to you, so that you and we together may share in a common life. That life which we share with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. So the idea, this idea of an earthly fellowship founded upon just common interests, like physical ties in a family, or uh, that we all like to ride motorcycles, or that we all 
come from a Baptist church. All that type of fellowship was, and that type of relationship was really foreign to the apostles. In the New Testament, believers have fellowship and they share together because they first have a relationship with Christ and we share him in common. 1 Corinthians 1.9, God is faithful who has called you into fellowship with his son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. So fellowship is the sharing together in a common life with other believers through a relationship with God, through Jesus Christ. We are spiritually related because of our shared relationship with Jesus. That's what we have in common. You ever gone away on a holiday or a trip for like more than a couple days? And you, you run into another Christian? You've never met these people before. But then all of a sudden, it's like within an hour or two, you're best buddies. How is that possible? It's because you share something in common with them. Jesus Christ. That's fellowship. Galatians 6.10. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially to those who belong to the family of believers. So because we share together in a common relationship, how we treat one another is a reflection of that bond. It is within relationship that we love, that we forgive, that we bear with and extend grace to one another. Those with a shared relationship, they don't hurt one another. They don't attack one another. They don't gossip about one another. Let us do good to all people, especially to those who belong in the family of believers because we have something in common. Jesus. Relationship means we are related to God and his children, born into his family by the Holy Spirit through faith in Christ, and it's how we are to relate to one another. Relationship is the foundation of fellowship. We ought to desire to be with one another. Coming to church and not knowing one another flows against the concept of fellowship. Our excuse of, well, I, I really don't have anything in common with those people, so I'm not really going to get to know them. That's false. Because you do have something in common. His name is Jesus Christ. Now the second concept, the second concept is partnership. And it's built upon the foundation of relationship. So this is the means of fellowship. While we share together in the person and life of Christ, we are also automatically co-partners in his business here on earth. Relationship describes a community, but the concept of partnership describes an enterprise or a business. So a business partnership, for instance, is formed in order to obtain a certain objective. Most businesses, they want to make money while they provide a service. In the same way, the concept of a spiritual partnership implies that this is being created with the objective of doing something spiritual together. 
That's what we hold in common. And that one thing that we do in common is to bring glory to God. 1 Corinthians 6.20, For you have been bought with a price, therefore glorify God. Matthew 5.16, Let your light shine before all men in such a way that we may see your good works and what? Glorify your Father who is in heaven. Just as all believers are united together in a community relationship, so are we also united together in a partnership formed to glorify God. And, and, and not just by singing together on a Sunday. That, that's just a start, a taste of what God intends for us to do. The glorification of God is so much more than what we accomplish here on Sunday. It's important what we do here on Sunday, but it's just the tip of the iceberg. It's about how we behave when we leave the building. It's how we speak when we're in the world. It's how we think when we're by ourselves in the car and nobody else can hear us but God. It's about doing what God has told us to do. John 14, 15. If you love me, keep my commands. So biblical fellowship incorporates this idea of an active partnership in the promotion of God's mission on earth. Sharing of the gospel. Building up of one another in the church. Hebrews 3.1, Therefore, holy brothers and sisters who share in the heavenly calling. We share in God's heavenly calling. Now this, this element is strongly brought out in, in, in the book of Hebrews by the author who shows us that believers are both partakers that we, we receive and partners with Jesus in salvation, in kingdom, and in purposes on earth for men and women. We partake and we partner in. We are responsible to share with him in the work that he is doing now on earth so that we can share a future blessing in heaven. And as those who share his life through faith, we are also partners with him in his enterprise and purposes here on earth. We are his representatives on earth. Hebrews 3.14 says it so clear. Next one. For we have become partners of Christ. We have become partners of Christ. You ever thought of yourself as being in business with Jesus, that, that you're co-partners? That he has, he has duties and, and things that he has to fulfill, but you're not a silent partner. You need to be an active, loud, voting member of that business, that enterprise. So as pointed out earlier, I, Paul and John, the apostles, never used the term fellowship just in a purely earthly sense. It, it always had a spiritual base and a spiritual meaning. So the idea of an earthly fellowship founded upon simply, hey, we all like hockey, or, or I, I like roast beef, I hate chicken. You know, you, we're both loud people, we're both quiet people, we're both, you know, whatever. That was never in their minds when it talked about partnership or relationship. For these human authors in Scripture, led by the Holy Spirit 
to write these things down. For them, Christian fellowship was tied directly into spiritual realities. Certain things must be involved or we do not have Christian koinonia. The first essential is the foundation, relationship. But it also includes the means of fellowship, which is partnership. It's, it's how we accomplish fellowship. It's by being in partners. So if we are to share life in Christ, and we are to share together as partners with Christ, certain things are a must. Coming to church, listening, and then going home is not fellowship. Do not pat yourself on the back and give yourself a check mark if all you're doing is coming to church, singing, listening, and then leaving and going home, never to interact again. That's not fellowship. You have just been around people. Fellowship not only means getting to know and ha hanging out with people, but it means working alongside of them in promoting the kingdom of God. If we don't, we simply end up being a religious social club. And that's not what God wants. That's not what we want for you. It's not what we want for ourselves. And that's not what Jesus intended for the church, to be a religious social club. Which brings us to the third concept of fellowship, which is companionship. This is the method. The method of fellowship. It, it, companionship is the exchanging of or, or communication with Others whom hold in common, koinonia, a relationship. Companionship is the sharing of concepts, feelings, ideas, information, needs. For the Christian community, companionship is not just on a worldly level, but it includes communicating on a spiritual level through a mutual sharing of the things of Christ, the word, the filling of the Holy Spirit, the ministries and the gifts of the various members of the body of Christ. All believers have companionship with God through the word. We have companionship with God through prayer, through the Holy Spirit, through our abiding in his life. But fellowship includes companionship with those whom we have a relationship and a partnership with. And that's each other. We hold all of that in common. We need the vertical companionship with God, but we also need the vertical with one another. Well, what does that look like? Hebrews 10.25. It means not giving up meeting together. I understand in this pandemic, it... For a long time, it was unwise for us to meet in person. So thank be to Jesus, we have technology. So those who are watching at home who are still uh, very conscious of the pandemic and, and for, for health reasons need to be at home right now, um, God bless you. I'm not pointing fingers at anybody who's staying home right now during the pandemic. But prior to the pandemic and post-pandemic, we cannot stop meeting together. Because companionship says we need to show up. 1 Thessalonians 5.11. Therefore, encourage one another and build each other up. That's a part of companionship. Encouragement. Building up 
our brothers and our sisters. Acts 5.42, day after day in the temple courts, they went from house to house. They never stopped teaching and proclaiming the good news that Jesus is the Messiah. So companionship includes coming together as a whole body, attending church on Sunday. That's the day that we meet together as a, as a whole body. Assembling in smaller groups, going house to house. That's life groups. That's youth. That's YAC, our young adult community. It's the women's study starting this week. It's the men's study starting this week. It means meeting together, one-on-one, -on -one, sharing, communicating, and building up one another. Sharing needs. Sharing burdens. Joys. Blessings. Concerns. And all this is for the purpose of encouragement. It's to comfort us, to challenge, to exhort, it's to praise, it's to pray, and it's to provide physical help for one another who all share one thing in common. So this means we must develop the art of communication, the dreaded word, the C word that men hate to hear, our spouses. You just don't communicate with me. Yeah, well, you don't listen. Sorry, that was a conversation we had this morning in our house. <laughs> well, it was the other way. <laughs> Communication is more than just talking with one another. It means sharing with one another. We don't talk at each other. We share with each other. It means we need to share our hearts and our lives. Man, it means we have to share our feelings. Oh, it's ucky, but we have to do it. We don't get together just to talk about the weather and the latest sports score. It means that we do life together. Not do life in parallel. And I think for so long, Christianity, the people who make up the church, have sought to do life in parallel. That we just coexist side by side, never crossing our lives together. And I think that flows against the biblical concept of fellowship. So we need to be willing to share our own burdens and inspirations, and we need to be available to hear what others are saying so we might minister better to one another. Now, the ultimate goal is to build up one another, build up the church so that we can fulfill our partnership duty with Christ by sharing the good news with the world. And that means we're being the church. So the early church built their, found, their fellowship on the foundation of relationships. They understood the means of fellowship was their partnership in ministry with Christ. And that it can only occur through the method of fellowship, which was companionship. So the church needs to be built up before they can go out and be the church. This is why fellowship is so crucial. And it definitely, definitely is, is more than coffee, donuts, and meatloaf. Although, that would be a good place to start. Could you hit the video, please? In the winter of 2008, 
Elroy Jacobs and his brother-in-law Wyatt entered the remote icy tundra of northern Saskatchewan to make a documentary film about social isolation. The team was never heard from again. Later that summer, their footage was discovered by a group of caribou hunters. What you are about to see is that very same footage. It's a cold world out there, folks. And I'm not talking about global warming. I'm talking about the winter of the soul. I have no idea what you're talking about, but it is cold right here. It, it is cold. It's cold right here. And right here we are in lovely northern Saskatchewan. Also known as winter's bedpan. We are here to experience the world at its coldest, a beautiful metaphor of how we have cut the heart of humanity and all we do is care more about ourselves than anything else than anybody else. Oh yes, my friends, it is cold. I have no idea what your flowery, artsy words mean, but I am freezing. <laughs> Where can we find the warmth of community? Like what's found in the good book of 1 John 1, 7, where it says, we must have rich, full fellowship like that you'd find in a small group. Yes, let's go join a small group, one that meets indoors where it is warm right now. And lest I remind you of Romans 12, 16, where it says we must live in harmony. Which is just the opposite of what I'm about to do to you right now. And unlike my compadre right here, we must do what James 4, 11 says, and we must speak with wholesome words to one another. Speaking of wholesome words, parents, Please cup your children's ears, for I'm about to let go with a slew of words to express just how cold I am. I'm talking words that are generally reserved for hockey players and pageant moms. We gotta stop worrying so much about Botox and this, and there's an app for that, and text instead of talking, and we want things now, 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 and Facebook until we're foul. All right, my friend, you're just proving my point here. You're just proving my point. No, I am calling 911. And my phone is frozen. It doesn't work. I'm losing feeling in my lower extremities. Stand down. I just don't think people care anymore. Why don't you care about me? Don't get lost in the cold. Join a small group. It's what Wyatt and Elroy would have wanted. Not even a giggle, Ethan. Not even a giggle out of you. <laughs> Just, I don't know. I don't know. I'm picking on my poor buddy, Ethan, there. This sermon on fellowship is actually a two-parter. Pastor Mike is tag-teaming with me on this one, and he will speak next week about the last concept of fellowship, which is stewardship, the overflow of fellowship. But until then, can we agree that Scripture paints a far more complex definition of fellowship than just being friendly with one another and sharing a cup of coffee. Fellowship is, is again, much like this duo. If you just remove one of the three concepts that I talked about this morning, we don't have fellowship. We have a broken stool. We have a broken church. You remove relationships, it doesn't work. If you remove a companionship or partnership, it doesn't work. We need to have all of these three things that I spoke about for us to achieve full and complete. This is never going to go in, so I'm going to put it down. Full and complete fellowship together. It's all about building relationships with one another. 
So let's start by getting to know each other's names. I'm not going to ask you, but I, I'm going to guess that the average person here would probably know maybe 15 to 20 names. I'm not, I'm not making you feel guilty. I'm just saying, we got to start relationship by getting to know people's names. I've been here a year now. It's a struggle. I'm with you, especially with these masks. Is that, did I meet you before? Yeah. But as Pastor Mike said before, let's just make an agreement that if we have someone come up to us and say, have I met you before? My name is, what is yours? Don't freak out on them by saying, I've been here for seven years. How do you not know my name? Let's not do that, okay? Let's say, yeah, I have been here a while, but here's my name. Let's help each other get to know one another, at least by starting with names. It's about partnering with each other in Christ to do the ministry of God that God has entrusted to us. So consider serving in a ministry, one of the many, many ministries that we have in this church. We need your help. The church needs your help. There's cards in the seats in front of you. Fill something out and say, yeah, I can, I can be a greeter. I can make coffee. I can help in the, in, in the new, new life kids. I can help with you, whatever. Be in partnership with one another. And it's about joining, um, they call it a small group, but we call them life groups here. It, it's about joining together in companionship to deepen our walk with Christ and assist each other on a spiritual journey. So sign up for a life group. Go to a women's Bible study. Go to the men's. If you're a yacker, go to yak. If you're a youth, go to youth. Commit to doing life together and not just talking about hockey and weather some of us here are in true fellowship together you're doing well god bless you keep going keep modeling to us what koinonia being in common looks like and thank you some of us here just we just aren't and that's okay maybe the words of the lord have meant something to you this morning there might be an action or two that he is leading you to take to help you get into true Christian fellowship. True biblical fellowship can be daunting, and it can be scary. It means taking a risk. I understand that. But taking a risk is sometimes a really healthy thing. And it's a task that requires great effort on our parts. So, so together, together, let's... let's Let's do this in four weeks from now, four weeks, three Sundays, not counting today. I'm encouraging everyone, Pastor Mike, Elijah, the team, we're all encouraging everyone to attend our church-wide soup and sandwich event. we got to start somewhere, folks. we got to start somewhere. So in the foyer, at the next step booth, the table back there, there's a number of sign-up sheets. If you are willing to either begin or deepen relationship, partnership, and companionship, I ask you to go and sign up and attend. We have 10 host homes for now. We'll get more if we need them. So you sign up, you and your family, and then on November 21st, you show up to church and then for lunch. Sometimes they're for supper. Some can take large groups. Some can only take a few people. All of them have written down what type of soup they're serving. You do not need to stay long. 
You do not need to stay long. You just need to show up. And if, and if these homes get filled quickly, we'll have some more homes for people to sign up to. Yes, fellowship is more than just soup and sandwiches, but we gotta start somewhere. We need to get to know one another better because we all hold Christ in common. We need to be partners with one another more effectively because we hold responsibility and duty in common. And we need to find companionship with one another because we hold spiritual growth in common. Fellowship is all about what we have in common. So this is your homework. You have four weeks to complete this assignment. We do not want to have happened to us what the psalmist complained about in Psalm 142.2. He said, look and see, there is no one at my right hand. No one is concerned for me. I have no refuge. I have no one who cares for my life. We do not want that to be a reality here at New Life. Let me pray. Father God, we share you in common. Let us live this out together in common. Bless us, Lord, as we go, as we build relationship, as we partner with you, as we deepen our walking companionship. And Father, we thank you for being a God who loves. In your name we do pray. God's people said, amen. You're dismissed.